Morning, everyone. Welcome to Daily Devo with Vince and Bo. I'm Vince. I'm Bo. Glad that you are here today. Thanks for tuning in. Some of you may be watching or listening to this on our Bridge podcast, maybe about a week or so after we did it live. Welcome to everybody who's tuning in on the podcast. Many of you are likely watching this on Facebook, either later on in the day or potentially on Facebook Live right now. So if you're listening on the podcast, just know that we will be interacting with some people on Facebook Live as we get started here. I've got my computer in front of me and I am tuning in to our live stream on my computer so that I can see who is logging on. Let's say hi to some people joining on Facebook. Good morning, Pam. Good morning, Mark. We're glad that you are here today. It's so fun connecting with people over live. I'll say there's been a lot of people that I feel like since moving here a year ago, I've finally kind of put names and faces together from connecting with people on Facebook. That's interesting. During the shutdown, you've During the shutdown. better acquainted. Yes, <laughs> That's I cool. feel like I've gotten better acquainted with some people. Yeah. Hi, Phyllis. Hi, Tom. Hi, Linda. Hi, Sherry. Um, all right. Hey, Gail. Good morning, good morning, good morning. We are going through the book of Acts in our daily Devo during, uh, well, just right now. That's what we've been doing. We just started last week. Uh, our apologies, too, to those of you who tuned in Thursday, Friday last week. We missed the Devo Thursday, Friday just because of some stuff that came up. But we will be back this week, and we're planning on doing Monday through Friday this week. And we're going through the book of Acts. Feel free to read along with us as we go. Hey, Cindy, good to see you. I saw Cindy yesterday afternoon in our little book club, mm. which was great. Hey, Cheryl. Hey, Bill. Hey, Teresa. Good to see everybody tuning in. Pastor Bo is going to be leading us through the next portion of our study through Acts. Acts, Acts, Acts. We don't have an introductory question today. Sometimes we do a fun intro question to connect with people. Um, get your random thoughts or random stories from random parts of your life. Sometimes it ties in with the devotional, and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> sometimes it's just random. But uh, today we're just going to jump right into the text. So we got a nice little group in here now, and I think uh, if you feel... Good, we can jump in. Let's do it. All right. Maybe we'll think of a question to ask through the course of the devotion. Maybe and, we will. And you can yes. respond to that. Yes. So, as you know, probably most of you, the book of Acts opens with Jesus telling the disciples to wait in Jerusalem until they receive the promise of the Father. He was talking about the Holy Spirit that would empower them, enable them to go and be witnesses. And so Jesus then ascended back to the Father. The disciples returned to Jerusalem. They waited as Jesus instructed. And then on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. There was a loud sound. There was a sound of wind. Uh, tongues of fire appeared over the heads of the 120 that were gathered. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that they began to speak in languages they had not learned. A great crowd of people gathered to find out what was going on. And Peter stood up and began to preach and explain to them exactly what was taking place. And he begins by quoting from the prophet Joel. 
He says, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. And so this is a prophecy. The book of Joel goes back, we believe, to about 800 B.C. So it's an 800-year-old prophecy that is now finally coming to pass. Yeah. And Peter, I, I believe, inspired by the Spirit, had the insight to know that this was a fulfillment of that. What Joel had spoken of, that in the last days, God would pour His Spirit out upon all flesh. Now, mm. I think we've mentioned already, Vince, that Prior to this, through the Old Testament, we see the Holy Spirit active. Actually, from the opening pages of the Bible, at creation, the Bible says that the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. And so the Holy Spirit was present even in the act of creation. Uh, But the Holy Spirit was given only selectively to certain individuals among the covenant people of God. A prophet would be anointed by the Spirit or empowered by the Spirit to prophesy. A king would be anointed to serve as king. Judges, different judges or deliverers. Um, The Bible says the Spirit would come upon them and then they would have this great ability to go out and lead the people of God into battle and bring victory over their enemies. Um, But it was selective. Only certain individuals would be filled with the Spirit or endued with power to carry out the function that God had given them. But Joel spoke of a day when the Holy Spirit would not be given out just here and there. Mm. A few people per generation sometimes. Yeah. Key leaders, right? Key leaders, people that were you have, uh, tasked to do something specific in service to God. But all of God's people would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that is what took place on the day of Pentecost. The Spirit is given to all who had placed their faith and trust in Christ. And there was an outward evidence on this initial day of Pentecost, on this day of Pentecost, um, with the the fire, the signs. And we talked about that, that it was kind of reminiscent of when the when the glory of God filled the tabernacle and filled the temple at the dedication of those events. And so what this is showing is the it's the inauguration of the church age and the coming of the Holy Spirit. It's it's a statement that the people of God are now the temple of God, both personally and collectively. We are housed. We are we are the Holy Spirit comes and fills us. And now we're the temple of God. We're empowered by God to go out and have boldness to share about Christ. And so throughout the book of Acts, what we see is the carrying out of that assignment. Uh, From the day of Pentecost onward, we see the church (coughs) going out with great power, bearing witness to, to the resurrection of Jesus, Uh, the apostles and various members of the church, and not just the apostles, but as the text suggests, the Spirit was given to everybody, so people like Philip and Stephen and others were doing amazing things. And so Peter goes on and he he preaches for some time, and he kind of wraps up this sermon on the day of Pentecost uh, with verse 38 and following. It says, Then Peter said to them, 
when the people, after Peter preached to them, they said, what must we do? Okay, we're convicted of the fact that we rejected the Messiah, uh, which is also one of the things the Holy Spirit does when he comes, he convicts of sin. So the people say, what must we do? Peter said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So Peter makes it clear that what they had just received is available to anybody who yeah. repents of their sins and turns to Christ. Not just a one-time Pentecost, yeah. right? the 120 get it, everybody else, exactly. you missed your chance. No. Exactly. And so on, in response to Peter's invitation, 3,000 people were baptized that day and presumably filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. And so that kicked the church off. And um, now, you know, I should point out that Joel's prophecy is that this, it shall come to pass in the last days. And some might say, well, what do you mean last days? If the day of Pentecost took place 2,000 years ago, how can that be the last days? Well, it's speaking of the last era, and, uh, which is the church age. And so you could say that this was the beginning of the last days because it was the final era before Christ returns. Yep. But the point is, we're living in that period of time when all of God's people receive the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Now, when it comes to the subject of the Holy Spirit, Vince, I've observed that for a lot of believers, there, there are two groups that comprise, I think, just about everybody in the body of Christ. Um, not good groups, necessarily. No. <laughs> there are people who know very little about the Holy Spirit. Mm. It, and so I put them in a category of ignorance. I don't mean that you know, in a derogatory, you know, or calling them ignorant, but when you don't know something, you're ignorant. There are a lot of believers who understand Jesus, they understand the gospel, they understand he died on the cross for their sins and salvation comes through faith in him. And they know a little bit about the Holy Spirit. They know he's in there somehow. Right. But as far as his actual activity and the gifts of the Spirit and the experiences in the Holy Spirit. Many, many people are ignorant of the Holy Spirit. There's another group of people, they're not as ignorant, they're fearful. Interesting. They're fearful. I encounter a lot of people who when it comes to the things of the Spirit, when we talk about gifts of the Spirit or being filled with the Holy Spirit, they've been conditioned to be fearful, yeah. and a lot of it stems from this idea that if you ask God to fill you with His Spirit, maybe the devil will slip in there and give you an imitation or something false. And so I, I, I've seen it in print, I've, I've experienced it in conversations with people, that yeah. when you talk about the Holy Spirit, they're like, okay, well, I know that He exists, and but... I'm not sure I want to ask him to fill me. Do you think some of that comes from people that have seen other people who say, I'm filled with the Spirit and I'm experiencing all these things. And they look at them and they say, I don't think that's the Holy Spirit. I think that's something demonic. And so maybe that'll happen to me. I is think, that, yes, that I think that's a possibility. And I think, I think we have a, a, in our culture, we have an anti-supernatural bias. Just in general. In general. Yeah. Not, not all Christians, 
You yeah. know, there are many Christians who know they're all for the supernatural. They believe God can do anything, and they pray and ask God right. to do anything. And there's the occasional non-Christian who's into spirituality and Wicca and whatever. Exactly. But I think in general, yeah. and I do think that a good number of, of Christians fall into this category. When you talk about supernatural experiences like the gifts of the Holy Spirit, healing, uh, visions, dreams, which Peter talks about here, yeah. Yeah. speaking in tongues, prophetic utterances, they're like, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. You know, we, we, we're, very, <laughs> we're very rationalistic in our approach to things. Yeah. And even though we can subscribe to the fact that there's a heaven and that Jesus' death on the cross somehow secured for us our salvation, and that when we die, we'll go there. We're okay with things that are supernatural as long as they're up there in heaven or, right. you know, non-material things. Right. And we have what, a, what some have referred to as a two-story mentality. The lower level, natural earth, is where only materialistic things, natural things occur. And then there's a spiritual level where you go when you die. Angels are there and God is there and will live forever there. But, but we don't interact with that world. We're down here on the lower level and that's upstairs. Yep. Yeah. In many parts of the world, Africa, some parts, I would say Asia, India most definitely, there is no division between the spirit world and the natural world. Mm -hmm. It all intermingles. And so they don't struggle with some of the things we struggle with. Now, some of their struggles pertain to the fact that sometimes they're not discerning as to what is of God spiritually and what is of the enemy spiritually, because there are two spiritual forces in the world. Mm -hmm. But talking about our culture and, and talking about believers today, um, what I want to try to do is chip away at some of the fears with regard to an openness to the Spirit of God and encourage all of us to embrace and seek to receive and be filled with the Holy Spirit, because in fact, we're commanded to be filled with the Spirit. Yeah. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, be not drunk with wine, which leads to dissipation or debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. That's a commandment. It's an imperative in the Greek, which means it's a command. Um, it, it is also in the present tense, which speaks of continuous action, be continually filled mm. with the Holy Spirit. Here's another little tidbit, which I'm yep. sure you know because you went maybe. to seminary. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. It's passive, meaning it's not something you can create or do. Mm, it is something only you can only receive. I heard an illustration about this that I thought was really, really good um, to indicate how that being filled with the Holy Spirit is not something you can manufacture. It's only something you can receive. Um, they said it's like having, uh, being instructed. If I was to say to you, Vince, uh, if I said, call your wife, you could do that. Lord willing. Yes, you could pick up your phone, you could dial the number, you could call. I assume, we're using she, it to record I, <laughs> I, I assume she's on speed dial. Yes. Number one, probably. Uh, anyway, so you can do that. But, but if I was to say to you, be called by your wife, mm. you, you can't do that. 
Right. You can't initiate her calling you. Right, right, right. That right. is the sense in which if I, Ephesians 5.18 talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. It says, be filled, but you can't do it yourself. You can only mm. receive it. Mm. And mm. so, how do you fulfill a commandment that says, be called by someone? Right. Right, 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 right. You can't do it, but but there are some things you can do to be ready for it. Mm. And so one would be, you know, if you like right now my phone, the ringer's turned off. Yeah. Okay. Well, if I'm going to receive a call, it would help if I turn the ringer on. Yeah. If I'm really anxious to receive the call, uh, I might hold the phone right in my hand. Mm. So that when it comes, I'm ready. Yeah to answer it, yeah. okay? I can't initiate the call, I can't make the call come, but I can be ready and open to receiving that call. Yeah. That is a sense in which Paul says to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so, I just wanna say that wherever you are in your understanding of the Holy Spirit, maybe you're fully aware that when you were saved, the Holy Spirit came and lived inside of you and the transformation of your life was so dramatic that it was undeniable. Something has changed on the inside of me. Yeah. And if you've trusted in Christ, then that's you know, pretty common. That's kind of normal, that's the norm. Some people have more dramatic conversion experience than others, but, um, but I believe that we all receive the Holy Spirit upon conversion because it's the Spirit of God that brings regeneration and life. And the Bible suggests that. It says, he who has not the Spirit of Christ is none of his. Mm -hmm. So you can't really be a Christian without having the Spirit. Mm -hmm. But Paul's commandment in Ephesians 5.18 would suggest that our relationship to the Holy Spirit is not static, mm. that it is dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. That, it, that is ongoing. Yeah. And, and when Paul says, don't be drunk with wine, but be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit, he's saying, live in such a way that you're open to and even asking to, to be filled with the Spirit on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I don't believe that the receiving, I believe the receiving of the Holy Spirit can be it can be a dramatic experience yeah. in your life. Yeah. There are many testimonies to that effect um, among some great preachers from down over the years. I was just uh, reading about Charles Finney and mm. an encounter he had with the Holy Spirit. And I think D.L. Uh, Moody had an encounter, an experience with the Holy Spirit uh, after he'd been in ministry for years. And, and there were these ladies that were coming to his meetings and mm. And uh, they said to, the, to him, we're asking God to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. He's like, what are you talking about? I've got the Holy Spirit. I'm a preacher. You know, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. They said, ah, you need the Holy Spirit. Well, he had the Holy Spirit, but they were sensing that he needed a new infilling, a new yeah. experience encounter. And yeah. sure enough, he had that. And it, it, it was a turning point in his life, mm -hmm. in his ministry. Did Billy Graham as well? I have never early on or not. I don't recall ever really reading an account of him having that kind of a dynamic experience okay. of that kind. Okay. I'm not saying he hasn't. I just don't recall. I might be remembering wrong. I had thought I heard somewhere, you know, Bill Bright. He mm -hmm. started Campus Crusade. Mm -hmm. I thought I had heard those two 
I literally might be making this up, but I thought I had remembered those two early on were friends or knew each other mm -hmm. or something, and they both had, maybe it was more it of a vision. Be. It might have been more of a vision where they said you're going to, they felt like they were from God, you're going to do these two different things, and that they both came and passed. I literally you know, made that up. Bill though. Bright, you know, he, he, very, he consistently taught to uh, receive the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Holy Spirit, not in a charismatic sense, yeah. where there is an association with the gifts of the Spirit, Tongues. But, but yes, but, but just living as a, on a regular basis, and, and he equated it to breathing. He said, mm. you exhale, you know, when you confess sin, and you release people in forgiveness, you know, things just doing business, you know, keeping up in your spiritual life, staying healthy, mm. confessing all sin, getting over hurts and grudges and, you know, and, and he said he equated that with exhaling. Mm. You know, God, forgive me of my sins. God, I forgive others who have sinned against me. That's the exhaling. The inhaling is now fill me with your spirit. Mm. And I think, you know, that's a great way to live. Yeah. You know, recognize we need the Holy Spirit's fullness and his activity in our lives every day, mm. every day. Mm -hmm. If you had an experience in the Holy Spirit sometime in, in your past, praise God. That's wonderful. Yeah. I'm glad for you. Right. But a 20-year-old experience, as great as it was, yeah. doesn't help you today as much wow. as you might think. Wow. We need to be filled every day. So very quickly, mm. I want to just talk about a few things that we can do to be filled. Yeah, great. Okay, number one is is just make room for the Holy Spirit, like like Bill Bright taught. You know, confess sin, just get it out, just be done with sin. Anything you know that shouldn't be in your life, just confess it and get away from it. Repent of it. Then that's the first step toward salvation, right? Repent, Peter said and be baptized everyone in the name of Jesus Christ and you shall receive the remission of sins. Um, and so we have to do that. We have to have a, a keep up our account with God, so to speak, and, and keep our sins for, uh, confessed and receive his forgiveness. Con forgive those who have sinned against us so that we can create an openness to receiving. So once we've done that, then ask God to fill us. Just simply ask him to fill and be willing to wait in his presence worship him be still before him and just say god fill me fill me today i need you i need you when you put yourself in a place of receiving god is more than willing to give his holy spirit jesus made that clear in luke chapter 11 verse 13. he said how much more will your father give the holy spirit to those who ask him and so just uh, and then one last thing um, is in Ephesians chapter, I mean, in Acts chapter 19, when Paul was in Ephesus, he met some people who had had some kind of spiritual instruction. But when Paul said, did you see, receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said, we've not even heard if there is a Holy Spirit. Hmm. They're like that first group of people I was talking about. They, mm -hmm. they were in the ignorant camp. Mm -hmm. We don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Well, Paul instructed them further about Jesus and they responded to Christ, were baptized in water, and then the Bible says Paul laid his hands upon them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And in that case, they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Mm -hmm. And so, if you want to be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit, ask somebody to lay hands on you, pray for mm -hmm. you. 
you know, it's okay. Pray for one another. Pray, husbands and wives, pray for each other. Friends, say, hey, I want more of the Spirit. Pray for me and I'll pray for you. There is a transmission of the Spirit through the laying on of hands, evidently. Ephesians, uh, Acts chapter 19 would suggest that. And so, you know, be willing to just let people pray for you. Uh, after a service sometime, yep. come to the front of the church. Say, I need a new yeah. filling of, your, of the Spirit. Yeah. Now, we're not praying as much for people at the front of the church With because COVID. of social distancing, but from six feet, God can still hear that prayer, right? Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, it's an exciting, what's so exciting about the book of Acts is that it's the church em empowered and going forth and having the boldness to speak up for Jesus. And, I would, I, and, and if you wanna know if you're full of the Holy Spirit, how bold are you? How bold are you in speaking up for Jesus? And I think we can all identify times in our lives when we were more or less bold yeah. in our witness for Christ. Yeah. But when I'm honest with myself and I, and I find myself holding back, reluctant to share or speak when the opportunity presents itself, I think I'm a court low or two, maybe two courts low, not that you can quantify the fullness yeah. of the Spirit. but. There's just something about when you're full of the Holy Spirit, you can't not speak. Yeah. So it's good. that's my prayer for the bridge, is that we would be a people filled with the Holy Spirit, every one of us and as a church collectively. Amen. It's good. So good. So did the question come to mind, Vince, that we can ask people to respond to um, rel related to what we're talking about? Nothing I, like putting you on the spot. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think one did. Nothing came to mind. This is great though. Great message. No, thank great you. Great message. All right. Call it a day. Why don't we, we pray? Why don't we wrap it up by asking God to fill us? Amen. All right. Let's Amen. all pray together. Father, we thank you that you have sent your Holy Spirit. We thank you that He is in the world. And we thank you, Lord, that uh, when we received Christ, he came, the Holy Spirit came and took up residence in us, brought new life, regeneration. And Lord, you said that we could be filled. Mm -hmm. In fact, you commanded us to be filled. And so in accord with your word, Lord, we ask you to fill us today with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with fresh power, Fill us with, Lord, the joy of the Lord that comes with your very presence. Mm -hmm. Lord, help, help us to be um, bold in our witness for you because we're so filled with you, Lord, we can't keep from speaking. Mm -hmm. Lord, just use us in whatever way you would choose to use us, we pray. Thank you, Father, for this wonderful gift. In Jesus' name, amen.